the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. America and the singing of our national anthem, please welcome Grammy Award-winning MCA Universal Recording Artist, Reba McIntyre. And you see by the dawn's early what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. Listen to Financial Food Thought. Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and of course, Super Bowl weekend, Carrie. Right? That's and, funny. I, I, are you I've excited been seeing like about the game. Not, not, no, not, not, I'm not excited at all. I, I but, haven't watched any football other but, than my kids' football. But. So Reba McIntyre, who is going to sing the national anthem. Okay, okay. you remember? Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know her. So I'm this, glad she she'll she won't do so, some modified version well, of it. So I'm playing this version. Where do you think this version was from, Carrie? Send bright stars through the nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Don't know. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Jacobs Field. Okay. Game three okay. of the World Series. Okay. Against the Florida Marlins, so still the Cleveland Indians at the time. I believe it was still Jacobs Field, because what? Jacobs right. Field opened, I think, in 94. Okay. So 97, yeah. A heartbreaking game, Carrie. Oh, yeah, I don't remember it. I, well, I don't, I, if I'm remembering, I don't know. I believe it's the game. It went late into the night. You can see the breath coming from Reba's um, sing, you know, mouth when she's singing this. Um, but the. Uh, Field. So, the first pitch of Game Three of the 1997 World Series go. is next. We turn. It- All right, and so, so the game, the Indians were winning, and then I think in the top of the ninth inning, the Marlins scored seven runs. Ooh. In like a marathon top of the ninth. Yikes. And then the Indians came back in the bottom of the ninth but couldn't do it. The ending score was 14-11. Um, what a heartbreaking. And, of course, they went on to lose that World Series. But there is – so there's so how did Reba get the call this year, Carrie? I don't – I don't know. I mean, she's on – I mean, but we'll see. I mean, um, she's a she's a longtime country. At least she – you know, she won't butcher – 
the national anthem because certainly people have done that many times. Right. Um, so yeah. So so what else? So this is, again, you found financial food for thought. So Carrie, let's see. What I want to talk about today. Um, well, last week I started, or I talked about, or I guess all month we've been talking about financial planning maintenance, right? And and the idea of what are we doing with our clients? Mm-hmm. You know, once the plan is built, you know, you don't put it into a sock drawer for thirty years, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's what's the annual financial discipline, annual financial maintenance that you should be doing to stay on track, right? And and. So we, we can break that down into quarters almost, right? Or, or monthly. So in the first quarter of the year, this is the time, you know, we're, we, that's what we've been talking about, you know, what we're helping. And, and last week, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. And Carrie, I know you'll tell the folks how to get those, but mm-hmm. the idea is, um, I talked about the RMD crib sheet, right? right. The, you know, where you, you, at this time of year, if you were into RMD, and by the way, if you were born in 1951, guess what? You now have an RMD. Um, by the way, if you were born in 1950, and guess what? If you haven't taken your RMD, your first RMD yet, you have until April 1st to do it. Um, but the, so, but the idea is when you get into that type of, planning now you know annually you got to deal with those create yourself a crib sheet and 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 that leads to um you know i was talking about the 1099 r's and and keeping track of those and i was talking about how sometimes you get correct well actually when when i it kind of you don't get too many corrected 1099 r's carrie i mean that's showing the rmd mostly where we see clients having an issue and it gets back to don't file your taxes too early if you've got a lot of what we call brokerage accounts or non-qualified accounts that own mutual funds stocks bonds things like that dtfs that a lot of times they get corrected. They're they're like the 1099B sometimes, right. right? And where it would include the interest, dividends, and capital gains, um, realized, you know, capital gains. Um, and that sometimes is where we see a lot of times those get corrected. So mm-hmm. what happens if you're rushing to get your return done because you're expecting a big refund or perhaps you're rushing because you don't want to be a crook to steal your identity and right. file ahead of you? We always caution you to say, well, if you've got a lot of money or material amount in these non-qualified brokerage accounts, and you know, be aware of that. That first of all, they may get extensions from the IRS, and when they right. have to get you that 1099 brokerage statement, and also it could get corrected. Um, so we'll talk about, it. but also, um, again, you know, the um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that today. Um, I want to, talk, you know, I've got, uh, you know, don't look now, Carrie, but is it just me or is March Madness starting early and earlier every mm. year? Um, and I'm not talking about the, you know, college basketball championships, right? I'm talking about tax filing season. And it just seems like there's been so much chatter, tax chatter lately, Carrie. It's deafening. I, and let's, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just I was going to say, probably, it, Mark, because you pay attention to all well, of it. Does the AI know that I want to see every single, or sends me every every single published article that has something to do with... I'm sure they uh, do. I'm uh, sure they look at your search history and they're giving you recommendations. So I, I, it's almost too, I hate to start talking about that, Carrie, but... 
it, 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 it is a time getting back to the financial maintenance. This is, you know, now we're in mid-February, you know, going right. into March. It's the time where we help clients and, and the idea is, yeah, you got to be on the lookout for those mailings, right? The, those, mm-hmm. and, and you got to start putting together the tax information. And you want to start reviewing that, right? So, and, mm-hmm. and there could be a lot of, um, and there's a lot of news stories right now that, that may be saying, and, and it's that sometimes it's idea carriers, you, you know, you may see a shock line that says, Oh, that looks really great. But you know what? They might not be talking about you. Right. You know, it's, it's the old, and, and plus it's even maybe added this year being an election year. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, um, as you know, if you listen to this show, we talk a lot of times about the campaign promises, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the president by himself doesn't have a whole lot of power to change tax law, right? Um, all right. So, scams. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about scams. Um, and, it, you know, here's my scam alert. I love that show as a kid. Yeah, the um, so a couple came up. So one is this. I got saw this in my local Thursday paper. Okay, U.S. Postal Service and Postal Inspection Service are warning the public to be wary of fake emails circulating that claim to be from the USPS, uh, United States Post Office, USPS officials, and the Postmaster General. Okay, now. Why do we keep talking about scams on this radio show? Because it keeps happening. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a and, big money generator. And we can't seem to say it enough. We, we warn all our clients. We tell our list. We warn our listeners. We warn our listeners that if you know that it's a scam, but your parents might not. So warn them. Mm-hmm. Your children may not. So warn them. Um, and so back to this one. So the fraudulent email contains a subject line along the lines of delivery, delivery failure notification. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then of course they want you to click on it and then start giving, and then you get into the scam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what the postal service is saying is that please know that the United States postal service would never reach out directly to consumers and ask for money or personal identifying information. Okay. Um, the, uh, the UPS goes on to say these are, you know, phishing emails. Um, you know, they, again, they say, you know, go to the government websites where you report spam, right. you know, and, and, and things like that. Um, in addition, United States Post Office suggests the following tips to protect yourself from email scams. Number one. Do not give out personal information over emails as USPS does not notify customers via email. Two, poor grammar. Poor grammar could hint at that an email is fraudulent. That times a lot of times you see that, Gary. Do you know what? I, I saw something last week that's saying if, whether it's an email or text, the poor grammar, they don't correct it even with AI or we have autocorrect because if somebody's willing to believe something, that has bad grammar or not correct, that in their mind, the scammer, they're more likely to be scammed or be able to be a good target for them if they're willing to pick up on something minor like that. There really? was a whole science behind it. I watched it on one of wow. I was flipping Very, channels. I, I, I was wondering, okay, you know, who knew? Yeah, I didn't um, know. Third, 
be wary of urgent emails that request immediate action as those could also be a scam. And that's the other thing. That's, that's how they get a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's they, they create an urgency and they're experts at doing that, right? Um, so be aware. And I've gotten these, Carrie. Have you gotten these from the United States Post? No, yeah. I have not. Oh, I've got them all the time. Do you? Yeah. I've yeah. never gotten one. Yeah, I get them all the time. Um, but you don't, are you a big online shopper though? Uh, other than Amazon, not really. Yeah, and, and Amazon has some out there too that are fake Amazon. Yeah, and Amazon's issued warnings too, and they may spell Amazon slightly differently, or you know, you wouldn't pick up on it. Um, all right, but here's another here's another shock line. Local senior, this is Garrettsville, Ohio. Local senior falls victim to forty thousand dollar rebate scam. Uh. Okay, um, and you say, how does this happen? Okay. Um, federal investigators say when a longtime resident of Garrettsville clicked on what he thought was an innocent-looking email for a $2.80 rebate. Okay. Okay. It opened a Pandora's box that ended up costing him $40,000. Mm. You, you just shake your head and say, how? Mm-hmm. How do you go from a $2.80 rebate to a $40,000 scam? All right. Um Okay, so you can pull people in by promising to give them something free. Rebates are a great trick in the trade because, hey, click here. It takes you two seconds, and you get a $5, $10, $20, whatever rebate. Okay, um... They, and they say, why are the, what we're, you know, the elderly today, you know, the, the, the baby boomers parents, I guess we would say, right? They, mm-hmm. You know, um, that maybe the oldest baby, but no, probably the baby boomers parents still, um, they come from a different generation. Right. Um, they just believe in honesty with human contact. Okay. And then secondly, once a problem is presented to the elderly, their fear rises very fast and furious. Okay, and that's what the crooks know. Right. And I think that you need to realize if somebody's pressuring you to do something now, you you know that should be a red flag. Right. Um, okay. So this, in this case, okay, the federal authorities say the scam artist sent what he called an associate to Garrettsville. Okay. Well, let me go back. Okay. According to court documents, after the victim provided his number on the rebate link, he began receiving a series of calls from a man who claimed that as a result of an accounting mistake, he had wired too much money to the victim's account. And now the senior owed him $29,000. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So first thing, you better check your bank. Check your bank. Call your bank. Maybe they'll tell you it's a scam. Maybe walk into your bank. Maybe I say, oh, maybe I, or or just, I would say, hey, maybe I need to have my attorney look into this. Okay. First thing is that the elder now, they panic. Um, You know, they want to fix it and they don't want that person take talking to them to lose that kind of money and they take it personally. Okay. All right. Um, So then according to the affidavit, the FBI affidavit, the victim then went to various bank bank branches in Portage County and took out large amounts of cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the scammer was on the phone with them the entire time. Okay, if the if the person's saying is on the phone with you saying don't hang up, I want you to go to the next bank, that should be a red flag. Oh man. Okay. Um Okay, then federal authorities say now okay, the scam artist then sent what he called an associate to Garrettsville on January to pick up the $29,000 in cash in the They're victim's home. They're also not going to pick up cash. Like, 
Okay. Um, the, 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 the FBI people say, you know, they move so fast, the victims don't talk to other people. They don't call their banker. They don't call their son or daughter. They just want to get it fixed because they believe it. All right. And they're scared and, and it's urgent. But then, okay. Ben, I guess this is an argument where you should just screen all your calls. All right, so after the, the associate picked up the 29000 okay, you think it's over now, right? Oh, no. No, the scammer's back on the, the, the next day. Right, because they're a target. And, and These saying, people and, and, are and like ac- a good... And accuse the victim of shorting him by 11000 That's what I'm saying. That's somebody who's a, like a, their ideal victim, which is awful. So now the scammer's saying, no, you shorted me. What's going on? So now the senior responded by going back to the bank, taking out an additional amount of cash. Did you, did you believe this? Ugh. $40,000. That's now, heartbreaking. Now, um, the, the good news in this story is that the police eventually turned it back on the scammer. Because they got the, um, the gentleman, finally, the victim finally contacted the police when he realized what had happened. Meanwhile, the scammer thinks he's got a a hot one, right? Right. So the scammer's calling him like a week later. Oh yeah. But now the police are ready for him. Good. Good. And and so now and, and what they do is they first um get the the associate who the, the who was picking up the money, they make him turn on the boss. Mm-hmm. And so the associate then working through with the police, they probably you know made some deal with him, mm-hmm. got the the main man to say, you know, you got you got to come and pick this money up. And when the main scammer came to pick the money up, what he thought he was getting another 20,000, it was worth the trip for him, right? Right. The police were waiting for him. Mm. But it, again, it you it, it just goes to show that we can't say it enough. We'll keep bringing these stories as we hear them. Right. And we keep telling our our clients, we keep telling our listeners Okay, you're smart enough not to fall for this. That's fine. But tell your parents, tell your kids. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and financial news that could impact your financial life. Um, whether you're someone who is working or already in retirement, we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner that's been helping people around the greater Cleveland area now for more than 37 years through unbiased objective advice and analysis. We do financial modeling and number crunching and help people build custom financial plans so they know realistic spending, how to create the income they need as tax efficiently as possible, um, knowing when they can afford to retire, what they can spend. We talk about opportunities, potential tax traps that they're not aware of, and getting clarity on the things that you may be worried about that can derail your financial life. And also um, talking about possibilities. I know a lot of people may come in and they think they're okay. And they say, hey, I've never had a budget. I, you know, we've kind of just spent what we what we think we can spend and we've done okay for ourselves. Um, I had met with someone a couple weeks ago and um, they actually wanted to do all these things. They were kind of just spending what they thought they could, but they could actually spend a lot more. And that's a, more of an exciting conversation saying like, have you really thought about 
you know, you're you're doing basic travel. They were only spending like two thousand a year, but then it was like, well, what about bucket lists? What about winter getaways? Now that you're both retired, you know, well, we didn't really think about it. It wasn't in the, even their realm of thought because they didn't know what was possible. What about things you might want to do around the house? So it's also about possibilities and clarity. And those are things that we help people with at the estate planning team. And we do offer a free consultation because we don't know if we can help you. And um, we offer that by phone or in person. If you fill out a two-page worksheet, we'll actually run some preliminary analysis, or you can just call and we can um, or and schedule a time and we can talk about concepts or what you're looking for help with. If we can't help you, we'll point you in the right direction. Um, we help people through comprehensive plans, but also through analysis of pension elections, IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, timing of Social Security, and we have both affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees available. But if you want to take advantage of the free consultation to see how we may be able to help, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. If you call and leave a message, I will call you Monday morning because unlike statistically, I forgot how many people will call in late or call in sick on Monday after the Super Bowl. I will be in bed early (laughs) as usual on a Sunday night, so I will be in the office early. Yeah, there's no way I will. I I, I will watch the whole game. The thing about the Super Bowl, does that carry anything? Did you finish up? No, I was just saying I'll be there because I saw, I heard something on the way in one of these mornings. I forgot how many people call off on on the Monday after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, he's doing the halftime show. He's got to have this song. I would imagine. I was thinking, I was thinking like three or four songs he's got to play. I, I would be shocked. Although I probably won't watch that either. So, yeah, the... the a lot of people think that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think the simple solution... Is President's Day on... Well, President's Look. Day is the next weekend, right? No, right. But I'm saying maybe they should just have President's Day coincide <laughs> with the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I, no, I just think they should move the Super Bowl to Saturday night. Oh, wouldn't that make more sense? Uh, what is the big... It's not what's like the other downside teams, of doing there's that? There's no other teams that have games. There's no other games. Right. That they it, have they to would, rest I would on. think they'd even get a bigger t- television right. audience because people on the East Coast got to go to bed if they're right. working. Or they stay out. Yeah. What time I, does I, the think, game I even start? I think there'd be start? more parties, so I think all the... The, right. All the, the the beverage and food industry would yeah, love it. The sports bar. What time? What um? What time does the game even start? It's kick off. Kick off is always around like six thirty or something. Okay. And I don't even think the commercials are nearly as good no. as they used. The commercials That's used to overdone. be so good. Well, maybe we just got too used. I mean, or maybe no. I think they're maybe too PC or too careful. The whole thing was they were fun, or very you know funny or clever. Yeah. And, and I'm sick of Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care much about Washington. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I'm not that interested here. Oh, me either. But that's... W- will you watch a halftime show? Probably not. What no? time? So I said, what time does it start? The halftime prob- show. Well, I mean, barring how many commercials are they're, they're selling, but I mean, I think it'll be it'll probably be maybe two hours in, maybe around eight eight thirty something. Oh, okay. Maybe earlier than that. I don't know. Yeah. No, I probably won't. <laughs> okay. I'll just watch the highlights. Or just, I'll be in their office Taylor's, early Monday and watch the... All the prop bets. How many times they're going to show Taylor Swift? Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
All right, enough of the big game. Usher. Uh, uh, I still miss the days when... Janet Jackson? Were you going to reference that? I remember <laughs> that one. Uh, it started YouTube now, yeah. the, the, the wardrobe malfunction. No, mm-hmm. I mean, remember the Who did it and Springsteen and all those... No, I don't remember. Uh, I, I know who they are, and, but... You know, all those great, you know, progressive rock and the early rockers, the classic rockers. All right. Uh, sorry. Oh, sure. Okay. That's a, not a bad song. We'll see how he does. Right. Um, all right. So we're talking about this time of year, financial planning, maintenance, financial planning, discipline, whatever. And it, it, we're getting into the, the dreaded tax season, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so a, a couple of questions come up here because what has changed though? Every, you know, there's always something different. So we, all last year we were kind of telling our clients and listeners to beware. In other words, if you're trying to estimate how much your tax liability is going to be for 2023, and you have a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Again, not so much cash inside tax qualified plans, right? But tax outs or cash outside those plans, right? That's when the past maybe you've only been earning less than one percent for a while. If you're less lucky, than a half yeah. Percent. I was going to say some of them. I was doing that, something that worse. I remember it was point. I used to laugh. It was point zero one. Yeah, and then. We had the interest rate hikes. Right. And all of a sudden, don't look now, but your CDs were paying 4 or 5%. Mm-hmm. Well, that means you have a lot more, perhaps, taxable interest than what you were assuming. Right. And if, you know, if you're working with one of the software programs, it doesn't know that unless you tell it. Right. So it may be giving you bad estimates for what maybe you should have been paying in for estimated taxes or mm-hmm. what have you. But it leads to a question about, well, when, you know, we get this question all the time, Carrie, when is, when do I owe taxes on my CD interest? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is the, you know, the typical answer, Carrie? I would say every year you should get a 1099 interest Carrie, that's statement not, from that, the that, bank. That's not the official financial planning answer to no. most questions. Well, I understand it depends, but I'm saying my pat answer on a CD until you recently told me differently is most CDs you get a 1099 interest even if you rolled it over because it's due in the year that you accumulate the interest. Well, okay. So first of all, it, the, the, the correct answer is it depends. All right. mm-hmm. For example, what if your CD's in your Roth IRA, Carrie? Right. Well, that's I, I, well. Then I should have clarified it was a, for a non-qualified. Right. That's then, why I'm then, saying it depends. Then a Roth, you're never going to pay taxes on distributions unless it's, you're taking the interest out before you've met the five-year right. holding period. Correct. Or okay. age. Um, now you could say what you could own a CD in your IRA. Well, then. Okay. There's no. You know. You don't have to worry. You only. You're only taxed when you take it out. Right. Okay. Taxes ordinary income. Um, but what happens if you're saying, which of course we, we, you know, what comes to mind is the non-qualified CD, right? Right. Down at the the local bank. All right. Um, well, if it's a, it's not much of an issue if it's a, you know, six month CD, if you bought it and it matured in the same tax calendar year, Mm -hmm. okay, you're going to get the 1099 interest. Um, but what happens if it's a long-term CD? Like a 24 month Maybe yeah, two okay. year. Okay, two year. Okay, well, it this is where it depends 
because some you this is where, because there are institutions that sell CDs that the interest doesn't accrue as you go from okay. day one. Which that used to be the norm. Okay, and I would still was say daily, it's the norm. I was going to say it's a daily accrual of the interest. So if I was going to take it out early, it would be that interest less any penalties. Right, and so you could say so, but if and and in that situation, if it doesn't accrue, and and they say we pay you the interest at the end of the term, let's say twenty four months, then you're just you're you're just going to get a ten ninety nine int ten ninety nine interest for that the end when you got it right okay, but as you said, most though the the interest accrues a lot you know daily. Um, and in that case, yeah, you're going to get a 1099 interest every year. Mm-hmm. Okay, because forever the amount of interest has accrued. All right, in that in a particular tax year. Okay. Even if you didn't spend it, even if you just it just stayed in the CD because it has the final maturity hasn't arrived yet. All right, and that's the general rule, and that's what we try to, you know, and and you're saying, well, Mark, how do I know which CD I have? Well, maybe you ought to ask the custodian, right? Or look at the fine detail mm-hmm. of your certificate, and kind of go from there. Um, and now, now, let's see. So, what what are the CD rates doing, Carrie? So, this is out of my local, or this is out of the. Paper and just, this, okay. just grab this. This was from last weekend. All right. So, um, all right. So here, okay. Savings account five point two five percent. Maximizer savings account minimum fifty thousand dollars five point five percent. So those aren't CDs. No, those are just um, those are just money market or cash accounts. Mm-hmm. And that rate, those rates aren't guaranteed at all, right? Right. Okay, here, Super CD Special, five months at 5%. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay, here's another bank, seven-month CD, 5.25%. Okay. But what if you want to lock that right in longer, Carrie? All right, well, here's another bank, okay, 19-month, which is going out longer, okay, 4.5%. Right, because the longer-term CDs are 29-month CD, 4.25%. 39-month CD, down the 4%. Mm-hmm. But Which that still same, isn't terrible. But, uh, yeah, but, the, but the, so the point is these higher CD rates, Carrie, they're, they're disappearing quicker than a, a raspberry punch key on, on Fat Tuesday, right? <laughs> and so that's what we've been telling our clients about is if you like these higher fixed rates, you better grab them now. Right. Now, we know pretty much at this point that the Federal Reserve and, and you know, I don't know if you saw uh, Chairman Powell on 60 Minutes, Kerry, but he pretty much put the kibosh and saying, no, we're not going to cut rates in okay. in March. Um, still, you know, questionable for May. Um, but still possible, you know, still pretty much indicating they will be cutting rates before the end of 2024. Okay. So how much longer and are these rates going to be around? Now, Carrie, what's going on with the, the MIGA rates? I mean, what do we well, see in there? Well, they're tapered down definitely since the first of the year. And, and just and, for those who know, those are multi-year guarantee annuities, which is a very comparable product to CDs right, right now. Right, and it's a guaranteed known fixed rate 
they typically start have terms of two years to 10 years. Um, and whatever rate you lock in, whether it's whatever term, you get that annual fixed rate with compounding growth. There's no fees. Um, they are higher than they were a year ago, but they are uh, most companies have dropped rates since the first of the year. And they're, they seem to have peaked in November. A lot of companies dropped them a couple times in December, and they've dropped already one, at least once or twice since the first of the year. So they're still on. You can get a two-year rate anywhere from 4.65 to 5%, depending on the premium. They're still You can still get a three-year or longer in a 5%. But they are, depending on if it's a lower premium amount, you're still looking at four and a half, four point seven five. So that's, you know, so there, so we, if that's, if you're saying, yeah, I like these higher rates and I would like them for longer and you want to be active in this market, right? And, and mm-hmm. we're very active planners at the estate planning team. And the idea is saying, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you have to, you know, don't get into, sometimes we call them, um, well, especially in the retirement market, retirement ruts, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you just do the same thing year after year. No, you may want to adjust you know, the same end goal. You know, no one wants right. to run out of money before life and everybody wants to maintain their lifestyle in right. retirement. But, but you know, it's the, sometimes the little things could, can, can add up to making mm-hmm. that a, a, a greater possibility. Um, all right. So if we're if we're, as I said last week we were talking about the RMD crib sheet right and the idea of saying keeping track of when you get into RMDs and and even go back and listen to last week's show we spent a, a lot of time on that but it, it leads kind of to a question where we get a lot for you know new clients going in for the first time carry to RMDs right right required minimum distributions. And how does a question go? It usually goes along the line of, um, you know, Mark, uh, you know, well, when, when's the best time to take my RMD? It depends. Isn't that our, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, well, you know, that's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, well, it's even, we're even going that it depends, but it, what, let's even dwell, drill down that even more, Carrie. I'm saying, well, it's, it's the idea, which we often, if you listen to the show or, or a client, you know, we're always saying when you get into retirement and, and the financial planning discipline, you know, what you did last year might not be what you do this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not what you should be doing for the next 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't get into those ruts where you just do the same old, same old. Um, and I think when in any one year you take your RMD is a good example of that. Right. All right. Um, now, um, I, I guess my first response to that is when do you have to do it? Right. right. Um, so again, the, for your first RMD, you know, and and again, that maybe that's right now for most listeners. If you ha- if you're not in that yet, you start. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be age seventy three. For if you're born after nineteen sixty, it'll be age seventy five. Okay, but for the very first one, you have until April first of the year following the calendar year you attain that beginning age date. Okay. Okay. Now that's April first. It's not April fifteenth. Don't confuse it. Bad right. April Fool's joke by the government. 
Um, and if you wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year, you attain your uh, beginning required minimum date. You then will have to do a second RMD by December 31st of that year. So in effect, you'll be doing two RMDs in one tax year, and that could be expensive. Okay. So for that reason, a lot of our clients don't wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year. They attain their required minimum beginning date. They take their first one in the year they acquire that they get that age. Okay. And then a second one the second year. All right. Um, And by the way, um, if let's say you turn 73 in July, doesn't mean you have to wait till July to take your R&D. No, you can take it any time in the year. Yeah, if you need cash flow, you can take it now. It's based on the ending previous year, right? So it's known January 1st what your RMD is for the year. Um, so sometimes we get that question. So, But outside of the, those rules of when you have to take it by, then it's an after the first that first crazy year rule. It's just back to you have to get it done by December 31st of every year. Okay. Um, now, so do you take it in January? Do you take it into something, you know, that type of thing? Well, maybe the, 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 the response is take it when you need it. How's that for right, an answer? Right, for cash flow, yeah. All right. Um, or maybe you take part of it out. Okay. So Just now, what you need. And right. then you can always take the balance later in the year. Now, that gets into what we've been talking about is in financial planning, a lot of times we want our clients to start off the year with a pretty good, adequate cash reserve. Right. So if they get a surprise in the early part of the year, they're not forced to make a knee-jerk reaction and say, I got to get this cash from somewhere. Right. Whether it's the market down or creating more taxes, because we don't have yet the tax return filed. So we want to make sure they're not going through right. so thresholds. We, right. We want to, you know, we, we and so that's that idea of, you know, having, starting every year, a good financial planning discipline rule is mm-hmm. try to, you know, and so at the end of the last year, you, 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 you decide, you know, am I close to my cash reserve floor? We call that, you know, where you don't want your cash reserve to fall below. Um, so let's say, but let's say that's the case. Let's say the client's cash reserve floor is 25,000. Okay. Um, so in January, they get the surprise, you know, the, the, the car that they thought they weren't going to buy for two years, they had to go out and buy, right? Something, okay. whatever. Um, not that we've heard any stories like no. that, Carrie, over the years. Um, but so anyway, so let's say they realize, oh, my cash reserve's down to 15000 Not comfortable. Some people are. Some people aren't. Not, not, a, not a completely, you know... It's not the end of the, the world. Right. But what if I have other bills coming due that's going to deplete right. it? You know, some people, depending on what is hitting. So if you feel that at some point early in the year that your cash reserve is too low, or maybe you realized it was too low at the end of last year, but you didn't want to take the money out of IRA because it would have increased your taxes last year. But you, you you told yourself in January, I got to start raising some more money. So that may be when you want to start your RMD because right. there's a known number now in January mm-hmm. what it has to be. Right. Okay. Um, but let's say you don't need it. Okay. Let's say your cash reserve is adequate. Okay. Well, um, all right. Well, are you bullish? Hmm. Because if you're bullish and you don't need it, maybe you want to wait. Because you want to let your money grow, right? Okay. Now, what if you said, but also you could turn around and say, well, Mark, if if I don't need it, I'm just going to take it out and I'm going to reinvest it. Okay. 
Well, I guess in that case, it doesn't matter because right. if, if money's invested in the IRA or the non-qualified, you may be okay. Um, what if you're bearish? Well, mm. what if you think that that economic downturn is is happening this year? Okay. Well, maybe you want to get your RMD out. Right, before the drop. Yeah. Kind of lock in those capital gains, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So now now a lot of you are saying, well, Mark, you can't. You always say you can't time the market. Correct. 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 So, well, so maybe you don't want to try to, you know, you're saying I'm not smart enough or, you know, my crystal ball can't tell me the day of the year that's best for me to take out my RMD. Correct. Well, that's then what do you do? Maybe you take it out quarterly. Systematic withdrawal. Maybe you do right? it monthly. Dollar cost average out, just like you were always told when you're putting money into the market. Right. You don't pick the day to put it in. You don't wait for the day. You don't wait, right. you know, to time it. You put it in systematically. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you, you catch the ups and downs, but overall, it's that timing in the market, right? You know, that eventually, you, you know, it's too hard to, to, to try to time it, right? So dollar cost average in, you could use that same strategy, dollar cost average out. All right. Now, in that case, you could say, well, you carry, you had mentioned, well, do you do it monthly? Do you do it quarterly, semi-annually? Do you do um, it at the end of the year and do it all your withholdings and not do estimated tax payments? Well, I didn't get to that even later. I was going to say, it depends. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I could go out. So, all right, well, let's talk. So this was, so if you're saying, well, or maybe you just, you know, want that paycheck experience, Carrie, right? In other mm-hmm. words, you don't have a pension. You, you, you're in retirement now. You want the monthly mailbox money. Right. Okay, um, so you, you, you'd just like that feeling of getting that check every month. Right. Okay, so yeah, so you talk to your custodian or your investment advisor, or whoever's, you know, got, or maybe you're doing it yourself, you talk to the custodian and say, I want to set up a systematic withdrawal for my RMD. Okay, and what you can do is they'll have paperwork that, or maybe it's done on the internet, depending on the custodian. But in other words, you're telling them, "Hey, this is my standing instructions. Whatever my RMD is, send it to me monthly." Okay. All right. Um, or quarterly. Um, now, again, that could that's getting if you get now that's very easy to do, Carrie. Right. Right. But sometimes the easiest way isn't the best way. Correct. All right. Um, and what you're saying is that if you're going to set up systematically, do you want to do the, are you going to have to make your withholding election on it? And it may be too early in the year to really know how much you want withholding on it. Right. Now, if it's a, if, if possibly if it's a 401k or a 403b, there may be a, like a mandatory 20% federal withholding on it. It may, may not be up to you, but that's a whole nother issue, right? But in either case, you could say, well, you might also want to have, if it's a professionally managed IRA, meaning that you've hired somebody to manage and has discretion to buy and sell and, and do all those types of things, you might want to have a discussion with them. Because over the years, Carrie, we've had some investment advisors, when we've had this discussion, that they say, well, really, monthly isn't, it's not the best way to do it. From a, from a investment standpoint, because it's, it's too often they have to go to the till and sell something. Right. right. Um, and sometimes they say, well, why don't we do it quarterly? 
because that gives us three months right. to raise the next amount of cash. So it gives us a little bit more flexibility of how we want to do it. Now, uh, not all investment advisors will say that. <laughs> That's Correct. why right. don't ask your neighbor's investment advisor. You better ask your own, right? Now, because sometimes, Carrie, the investment advisor will say, well, you know, if they know what the RMD is, because they they know what the client's RMD is, they may put they may have that in cash from January one. And saying, I don't care when you take it, Mr. Client, because it's sitting in cash right now. Okay. All right. Um, so, you know, you, you can, so it's, it's that, it's, it's that discussion. You know, it, it's, it's the idea of saying, um, you know, what's going on with your investments, what's going on with your cash flow needs and things like that. And, and this is where it's not, you know, it's not this going to be the same every year for your 30 years of retirement. And it's okay to change. And being proactive when it comes to your financial life is going to get you the most benefit. It's going to save you money in taxes. It's going to give you clarity so that you're not making those quick emotional decisions that end up costing you more. Right. Now, sometimes our clients, the when they take the RMD, is driven by their individual or personal uh, expenses, meaning right. sometimes there's an expensive month right. that the clients have. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an expensive quarter. Right. Maybe they got to pay the real estate tax bills, right? Or maybe they got other insurance bills. Or there's some mm-hmm. some big expense happens every every year consistently. Right. So that's what's driving when they take out their RMD. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's corresponding to that, right? Um, or if they're you know obviously if they're planning the new car purchase. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but you don't buy a new car every year. Correct. So in some years, you, 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 in the year you're buying the new car, you need that cash flow in June when you're buying it. Mm-hmm. Next year, it doesn't mean you need to take out the RMD in June because you don't have that new auto, mm-hmm. right? You get the idea. Um, it's, it's the flexibility. It's being active, right? Um, now, but let's say... Um, you let so let's set up, and this has happened more than once over the thirty thirty seventh year, thirty six years. Yeah, you know, thirty seven, thirty seven. Um, it's happened over the over that decades many, many times. Where the let's say the clients got you know. So let's I'll set up the scenario here. Let's say their investment advisor says quarterly works better than monthly. Okay. Okay. Um, and let's say there's multiple IRK. Let's say. Um, you've got two IRA accounts that you got to do RMDs from, and let's say your spouse has one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're going to be taking RMDs out of three different accounts. Okay. All right. Um, but let's say for illustrative purposes, they're all about the same. You're the same age, so you have the same required minimum, and the account balances in the three accounts are, you know equal to some point. So there's not a big material difference between the RMDs. And by the way, you can also get into a discussion of what IRA RMDs you can co-mingle and what you can't. So if you've got multiple IRAs yourself, you can co-mingle. Right. You can't co-mingle your spouses and yours. And you can't co-mingle a company plan and your IRA. So we've talked about that a lot too. But let's say in this case, they're just, you know, so, but you've made a decision that you're taking all, you know, you're taking the three off this count. And the investment advisor says quarterly works best, but you want that 
paycheck experience. Right. You want it monthly. Because it feels good. Yeah. Just to know, hey, I'm getting this in every month. Easier to budget and you can depend on it. And that's what you're looking for. You want to create, you want to use those IRAs to create your own pensions. Right. So to speak, right. All right. Well, this is maybe a solution. So account one, right? There's three mm-hmm. accounts. Account one, you tell the custodian, hey, send it to me quarterly starting in January. Okay. So January, April, July, and October. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you go to account two, custodian two, and say, send it to me quarterly, but start in February. Okay. So you, those four payments are going to come February, May, August, and November. Okay. And then you go to the third distribution account, similar, and say, okay, I want it quarterly, but start in March. Okay. So those four payments are coming March, June, September, and December. Well, have you accomplished what you're out to do? Because you're going to get a monthly check. Right. It's a system, it's, it's dollar cost averaging out. Correct. And it's meeting the investment objector who said quarterly works better than monthly. Okay. Is that a possible solution? Yeah. When was the last time your Monte Carlo analysis told you how to do that? Mm, I don't know. Doubtful. Um, now, there, there could be other situations that you would change. Um, and Carrie, I'll let you give out the numbers and I'll try to think of some other circumstances where what you did last year in terms of timing when you take out your RMDs may not be what you want to do for the next 30 years. All right. Well, take advantage of a free consultation if you're working and you're thinking about what I need to do to plan for retirement, or if you're in retirement, you're facing minimums, you're already taking minimums, we may be able to help you call the estate planning team for a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping clients, Cleveland families, build these custom financial plans going on into our 37th year. So, Carrie, what are some other circumstances that would make change up how you're going to take out your RMDs in any one particular year? Well, hmm. one you had mentioned earlier was withholding, right? Mm-hmm. So, so withholding is is a good, because let's say it, it, you're in the beginning of the year, you don't know whether you want to be on a previous year safe harbor for withholding or a current year safe harbor, right? Um, and you and we know you've if you've listened to the show is that. The beauty of withholding, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. Unlike if you're making quarterly estimated payments, those are timed. Right. You know, April, June, September, and January. So it, you, you can get caught up. And, and a lot of people say, well, why, if I can do withholding in December, why would I want to do withholding on my RMDs in January mm-hmm. and give it to the government that early? Right. Okay, I'd rather have that money earning for me all year because I'm bullish. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, or I've got this, you know, the five percent fixed rates that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't want to pay the government in January if I can pay them in December. Right. Okay. Um, now, so it, but so in that situation, but let's say you still want the systematic paycheck experience, right, monthly. So we would tell our clients there. Well, let's talk to the custodian and say what's the total RMD. Okay, how much do we need for withholding that we're going to leave in the back pocket to the end of the year? 
and it may just be an estimate until the mm-hmm. tax return's done, and we now know what the previous years they were, or whatever. But in the meantime, whatever. Let's say we determine with the CPA that we better have ten thousand of our RMDs, uh, you know, in, in the in the in the wings, so to speak, okay. for federal and Ohio income taxes, right? Well, so then we say, well, what's the what's the remaining RMD? You know, not including that, and that's what we want to pay out to us monthly or quarterly with no withholding. Okay. So I get the cash flow, what I'm looking for, and then just in the end of the year in December, I make the final RMD distribution, and all of it goes to withholding. Hmm. Okay. The other thing could too be is if you're doing qualified charitable distributions. Right. Okay. So in that instance, it may affect when you want to do your RMDs, right? Because you want those QCDs to offset the RMDs, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no holding. So that could be it. The other one could be if you're planning on doing Roth conversions on top of your RMDs. Okay. Now, here's some where you're getting into the weeds of the tax law, right? Very complicated tax code, right? And because a lot of people who, who say, Mark, I don't even need my RMDs. I know I'll just convert them to Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you won't, right? Because yeah, the law doesn't allow that. Right. You're not allowed to convert your RMDs to Roth, right? But if you get your RMDs satisfied, done for the year, then you can do a Roth IRA conversion. Right. Okay, it's on top of the RMD, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right? So you now, but the rule is you've got you can't do the Roth conversion part until you've satisfied your RMD part. Right, where we've had people make some mistakes with that. All right, and so in that case, you may say, "Hey, I got to get my RMDs done with whatever the holding I need." So then, because I'm planning on doing a Roth IRA conversion. And, of course, I don't want any withholding on that. I want all that to go to Roth. That may determine. Now, that's why what you do last year might not be what you do this year. Mm-hmm. Might not be what you do next year. Okay. I heard the music. Right. Enjoy the show. Halftime oh, show yeah. in the game. Carrie, get us out of here. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.